I'm Paul Summers. And you're listening to your Classical Coffee Break. Well, Mr. Summers, uh, I took a look and to see who's listening to us, and we're, we're being listened to all around the world. Wow. Uh, let me give you some names of cities that are listening into your Classical Coffee Break. Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Wow. Nakano, Japan. Ankara, Turkey. Manchester, United Kingdom. Montreal, Canada. Minato, Japan and Melbourne, Australia. I'm not surprised by any of them. And uh, in the recently, we got an email from an old friend of yours. Did we not? Yes, I believe we did. Who lives in very Japan? Old, yeah, very. He doesn't just live there. He's he is Japanese. <laughs> He's not like an expat here. Or and, something. and he said he loved listening to talk uh, listening to you talk about your favorite music and uh, reconnecting with some of the people that yeah. he uh, you and he knew. <laughs> Yeah, well, of course, amongst them with my parents, who he, when he would visit over here, he'd stay at our house and mm. it was before I was married, and, and uh, they, he'd always come and stay with my parents, mm. and uh, it was always very lovely. And he lives in Tokyo. What was his name? His name is Kano Sarihiko, uh. and his wife is Takayo. Mm. And she started listening to us and got him hooked again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if you want to read any of the notes, no, I think, no, no, no. I, I, but anyway, but it was a beautiful note, and he yes. was very thankful for. Uh, he was a he was an American us. field service student over here in uh, 1959, 58, 59, and uh, I believe he spent the year in Utah, and then uh, they w- would travel around the country when they were done with their year as a as an exchange student. And when they were in the New York area, which is where I lived uh, for quite a while, like for most of my life until I came down here, um, why the, the, he stayed with us. Mm. And we just got to know him, my, my mom and dad. And my my mom was always the inveterate person for keeping touch with people who came to visit. Mm. And, and then when... Uh, and then, of course, as we got older, I stayed in touch too. And so, mm. anyway, well, it was he's lovely a great to get friend. that email. And, it was, uh, and it's um, lovely to know that and, he's listening. Which I think uh, it, so. We should encourage other people to send us emails. Oh, sure. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you'd like us to discuss. Yeah. Um, and uh, give us thumbs up and yahoos and all of, all of those wonderful things on uh, the platform that you listen to the show. Yes. On. Now you had finally discussed everything there possibly was to know about Bach last time. Is that correct? <laughs> well, there are a couple of things I just wanted to share beyond that. Uh, uh, one is, remember I mentioned in the in, in the um, St. Matthew Passion that E was his crucifixion key. And of course, here in the B minor mass, um, he's in E minor when it comes to the part that's crucifixus. Ah, this is Baroque, so it's half-step flat. That's okay. Now, here he doesn't cross voices. He just has it sorrowing. Hmm. It's, ah. But here's the part that I wanted you to know, and I'm going to pop it all the way to the end of this. Listen how this ends. It's been an E minor. 
ends of all things in G. Well, it's not of all things. E minor and G have the same key signature. They're called relative uh, major and relative minor. But he ends this thing at sepultus est, is buried. Now this is from the this is from the uh, from the creed, and in it, he it says it's at sepultusest and was buried, and that's how that goes. And he ends it in G major, but here's the thing, is that G stands for graba, which is actually the same word in English, grave. Mm-hmm. It's like he's crucified. We have that in E minor, mm. his crucifixion key. And then at the end, he's, he's buried. He's now asleep. He's buried. And he goes into G major, which is more relaxed. It's peaceful. But it's G. It's the grave. Mm. Graba. Now, if you don't know it went to G, you're not going to get that beautiful little touch. Mm-hmm. But it does. It's 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 extraordinary. Here's something else. So you know, as we're talking oh. about hidden messages, and, and as you just said, if you didn't know that the technical side of music, you yeah. would miss out on something. Exactly. And, and in some ways, people believe that the more you know of a subject, the less magical it becomes. In some way, that they just want to be <laughs> oh, entertained. Yeah, but you know what? That knowing that is itself extraordinary magic. Mm. And and if if as you know it as I do and 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 you know it's coming nevertheless, when Bach just there's the magic he he doesn't just jump there, he works his way so gradually so subtly, down to finally resting in G, and when you get there you just always say to yourself, ah, it's in the grave, mm. he's resting in the grave, at mm. sepultus est. Mm. It's just, it's just, he paints it so, you know, it, it, it's just marvelous to know that. It, and, and it's even more magical when you know exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's so. very, yes. The specificity of it is more than just the music. Yeah. 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 Knowing that that's there. If you don't, it doesn't mean you're not going to like the piece. It isn't, right. you're not going to miss that it's peaceful. That, right. That there's something, but then when you know that it's even, G, and that that, wow, mm. that's like this little mm-hmm. extra something in it. And get this one. Now we're going to get, this is the Gloria from the Mass. Gloria in Excelsis Deo. Nice dance, Don. Big D major. Two sharps, that's, of course, that's, the, that's Jesus. Two sharps. One, two, three, one, two, three. That's the point I want to make. It's one, two, three, one, two, three. It's a nice dance in three. Glory in Excelsis. The Germans go Excelsis. They don't go sh. Excelsis. So that one, two, three is the Trinity. Sure. 
it's also the Trinity exists in heaven. This is how high and lovely they're dancing. This is rejoicing thing. Well, there's an exuberance, but there's also a regalness to it. Oh, exactly. Oh, very much. But I want to let this reach its conclusion. We'll listen to the whole, and then listen to how what he does that just paints a, a picture again. It's in four. One, two, three, four. Let's calm down. This is where it goes to and on earth. Mm. Peace, goodwill to men. And on earth. Et in terra pax. And so what is it? It goes to four. Why? Because earth is a four-cornered map. This is a period when maps were big. Mm-hmm. So Earth isn't a big leaping three. It's material. It's physical. It's a physical thing. Yeah. It's a map. It's got four corners. And so we're in four. Hmm. Not only that, but listen to how he paints one word you'd never expect. It's the word et. And. Et inters. And on Earth, peace. And when he begins this, the word et and begins before the beat you expect it to be on. See, it came in early. Why? To emphasize that et is a word that anticipates what's coming. It makes it very noticeable as a tune, mm-hmm. but also to paint the word and by putting it in early to show that it's it's begging for something to come after it. So I, that's, I just love the fact that he actually takes the care to make et and special by and if if you don't know, I don't understand the the words. I don't the, know. the Latin, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know there's something different about it, yeah. and it's almost not an imperfection, but a a pushing of the sound in yes. some way that is intriguing. Yes, exactly. came in early mm-hmm. at at beat you see at beat mm-hmm. oh it's just it's just genius you know it's just it's just fantastic well i've often pointed out that uh, i wouldn't even be here if it weren't for yeah, j.s right. bach so of course i love this stuff but now let's just listen to something else that i don't entirely understand because i'm not a freemason and some people think that's a horrible thing to be a Freemason. Others think it's a glorious thing. But it's a reality, and Mr. Mozart was a Freemason. And they, too, have three as a magical number. And we know 
that his final, uh, well, not his totally final, but his his wonderful uh, uh, opera, The Magic Flute, is actually a Masonic allegory. Mm-hmm. It was intended that way. That's why I always say don't don't make that your first opera because right, that's what you, we discussed you've got to really, weeks ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Unless you're into Masonic allegory, this well, might not really be your cup of tea, but especially for kids. But any case, uh, it, it is a wonderful opera, and I love it. But here, just listen to this. It's three is big, and the fact that it's an E flat. There's E flat. This might be a early music recording, so it might be a little flatter than that. But any case, listen to this. This is the overture. So right away, Mozart is making sure that we... I can usually tell an E-flat chord when I hear it. I don't know why. I can certainly tell it when I hear it at the beginning of the Beethoven Third. I can certainly recognize it here. Maybe it's because I know the keys those two pieces are in, and they both have very distinctive beginnings. Uh, I can notice it in some other famous pieces as well. But in any case, and here he's doing fugue too. Mm-hmm. It's my ringtone. Yeah. Is it? Yes. <laughs> that's, I could think of worse ringtones, no, that's for sure. I like it. I feel like answering the phone now. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's lovely. But here's the nice thing that doesn't always happen in operas, is that listen to the end when everything has come to to fruition that Zoroastro wants, and and uh, and 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 th- there is a sort of a victory of. Uh, in fact, it's even the the, the words are, uh, the 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 strength is victorious. The, the the strength of the of the Masonic order, as it were. But listen, this is the final chorus, and you'll notice that it's the same key. He makes sure he finishes it. He makes sure he finishes it in E flat. E flat is for him what brings order. Hmm. The Masonic order. Beautiful ending. And all I've got to say is that leaves you then wondering is there something we don't even know what to do with because there's no words attached to this, his famous Symphony Number no. 39 in B flat. I mean, in E flat. Listen to this. Does this mean something? It's written 
in a time when he was quite involved in Freemasonry. As a whole, I mean, he hardly wrote anything in E flat. I can think of a piano quartet, string quartet. I think, it's, I think this is the only symphony in E flat. I can't even think of a piano sonata in E flat. There might be one, but I can't think of one. An unusual key for him to write it. But he right at the same period. He begins, he writes a symphony. One of his final three, one of the great final three symphonies in E flat. And here we are back with threes and Masonic key. Three flats, three meter. Hmm. Is there something else going on here that we just don't know? It was just his own game. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm content to think that though we can't know what it is, that, that this is Mozart quite possibly expressing some Masonic idea. Now, he wrote some pieces that are labeled as being Masonic. Yes, but, and that's okay, too. But this this piece, one of his great symphonies. This it is. It's beautiful. Mozart wrote so many beautiful symphonies. It's hard almost to corral them in a way that sometimes, for me, they flow together. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, do, I know what you mean, yeah. Well, he only wrote 40, actually. It, it, they're, they, they're, they're labeled, of course, as, uh, as 41. But uh, it's the, uh, let's see, what is it? it? What is it, the 37th? Is that the, no, 38. One, one of them is actually by, um, by Michael Haydn. Hmm. That was Franz Haydn's um, brother. And Michael Haydn was in Salzburg. And so Wolfgang um, Mozart uh, grew up knowing Michael Haydn. Mm -hmm. He knew his, the brother by reputation, but knew the actual. And, and what happened was that Michael Haydn wrote a, wrote a symphony, and... Then he found out that the archbishop wanted to have one that was in that new style of having a slow introduction. And he just said, I don't have time. Can, can, Wolfie, can you knock one out for me? He obliged. He wrote a nice slow introduction for the symphony. And, of course, that ended up being the front page. Mm -hmm. So for years, scholars said, well, it was in Mozart's hand. Oh, interesting. But, yeah. of course, if they'd really looked... The, the rest of it wasn't necessarily in Mozart's hand, and uh, and if they'd used their ears, they would have known it didn't sound like Mozart. It's it's not bad, but it isn't Mozart. Mm. That's you know? interesting. Yeah, but in any case, uh, so it's actually only forty symphonies. Okay, well, so, you know, so, it's, but anyway, it's also part of what we talked a little bit about the the individual composer's signature. Yeah, and that you could hear that and know that there were two different composers. Yeah, different use of harmony, for mm. instance. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Mozart tended to use a lot richer harmonic palette. I mean, more chords, and 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 not so static, 
uh, I can almost always tell him and and Hodden too. Right. But from some of the other surrounding people, um, and oddly enough, uh, putting aside the uh, the, the dreadful uh, movie, uh, Salieri is another composer who I like had the movie. who oh oh I love the movie too. But you just have to be able to understand that. We've got a, a couple uh, salt shakers that go pour it all over the character of Sally. Well, that's that's part of the play too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, but I mean, he was actually a very a very fine composer, and uh, uh, and and uh, who also had a pretty rich harmonic palette and did some pretty interesting stuff. Well, he couldn't have gotten that position that he was yeah, in. Yeah, he had a up. very high position. Yeah. He didn't do that by being. A sort of, you know, nobody. Yeah. Any case. Plagiarist. The, yeah, exactly. Anyway, the, 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 the whole thing was just that uh, I just, I just, knowing how much Freemason stuff uh, that Mozart wrote in more or less this, his Viennese period, which mm. is the, the 39th symphony includes that, uh, was some of that percolating as he wrote this otherwise almost unknown history to the, mm. to the 39th symphony mm. was it something that he thought of as being a masonic expression interesting we can't know interesting yeah mr summers before we say goodbye do you have a message from encoda uh, yes i think we ought to let let us know about encoda some more sure and that is that the, they're the ones who bring the classical coffee break uh they're an, an app for musicians that offers a library of digital sheet music on subscription uh, like almost any uh, subscriber uh, download would be, users can access their favorite works from the complete sales or uh, hire rental catalogs of uh, over 100 leading music publishers and probably well over 110,000 titles. You can curate personal playlists to practice and perform from, can upload your own scores and share your markings with other users. So find Encoda, N-K-O-D-A, on your app store today. That's N-K-O-D-A. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Summers, for some more hidden messages, kind of like the Beatles when they'd play the message. Yes, is, oh, and, but you don't have to play this backward. Oh, understand. Well, no. <laughs> I wonder what it would sound Uh-oh. like. Uh-oh. <laughs> that could All right, be another we'll talk to you thing. again next time. Right. Okay. Your Classical Coffee Break is brought to you by Morris River Press, award-winning elite publishers of the music of Robert Russell Bennett, Philip Dietrich, and Paul Summers. You can find our catalog at morrisriverpress.com and Theater Presser Company at presser.com. Production for this program is partially sponsored by CAS Music Productions, casmusic.com, providing music recording and production around the world, engineers Chris Sorazzi and Nathan Terry.